conclusion of my series called Playlist. If you'll recall, we've been looking at worship songs. Um, and when we look at the worship songs, we're, we're trying to just get to the meaning behind the music. Like, what exactly is this music communicating? Why are we singing what we're singing? I mean, why are we saying some things that make sense and some things that maybe we don't fully comprehend? The idea is that God is desiring people who worship Him in spirit and in truth, and I want to worship God in spirit and in truth. That's who I am. So I want to mean what I say. And I've often used some, some analogies or some some comparisons to uh, what happens in the car as we're driving down the street. You know, we sing music. And I am notorious, you can ask my wife, for making up my own lyrics. I hear what I hear, and I sing what I hear, and that's what the words are. And I will tell you, uh, more than one occasion, my wife has been right about the music. We often have an argument, and she gets out Google, which why do we have Google now? Because... We used to have to get the tape and go through the alley. Nobody can correct But the reality is, uh, making the music. And so what I did this week was I, I found an article of the 50 most misheard lyrics. And so I just want to look at a few of them this morning. So the first one is, I'm a believer by the monkeys. <laughs> then I saw her face. Now I'm going to leave her. So it's by Starship, like this one. We built this city on sausage rolls. <laughs> oh, we built this city on rock and roll. <laughs> Driven with my uncle Cracker. I guarantee I sang this line. I guarantee it. Give me the beach boys and free my soul. Give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I'm not liking someone here this morning. I thought they were big fans. I was like, man, the beat boys have made it. They're like singing about the beat boys. That's when you know you've arrived. Blowing in the wind by Bob Dylan. The ants are my friends. They're blowing in the wind. The ants are my friends. They're blowing in the wind. And the last one. Two tickets to paradise by Eddie Money. I got two tickets to paradise. <laughs> you all laugh, but I guarantee there's been a song you sung in line just like that because you had no idea what to say, and that sounded good to you. I got two tickets. That's my wife looks at me and says, "Ticket to paradise." And I got two crazy tickets to paradise. And we have an argument, and she brings me wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like seriously, like. That's what music does to us. We just, something sounds good and so we sing it. And why not? I mean, it's just singing along. But, but, but again, like I said, so often we, we do the same with our worship. You know, we just sing what sounds right. You know, nothing's right with the word. We're not worried about it in lines with the word. We're just working on it. Hey, it sounds right. It sounds good. I got to keep it to paralyze. And the answer goes in the wind. I mean, seriously. And so this morning, the song that we're going to do, I literally did not want to do this song. Okay? My, my, my very transparent moment. Whenever I hear the song, The Blessing, by, by Kerry Joe, I go to a meme that I saw on Facebook right when this song came out. And this song came out about the same time as the stimulus came out. And so there was a meme that, that had a sign that said the new stimulus 
going to pay for this? And then it went to Carrie Joe singing this line. Your children, and your children, and your children, and your children. And so that's like what's ingrained in my mind. It's so bad. Um, for me, it was one everybody thought I would love because I, I do every public service for at least the ten, last ten years. I, I've concluded my sermon with the, with the blessing that we're going to talk about this morning. Um, but when it came to the worship song, I really kind of struggled with it. And honestly, I didn't like it. Um, and then I intended to preach on the priestly blessing, but I figured I'd wait until after we're done with this so we didn't have to start singing that song. I mean, excuse me. <laughs> but, but I do feel like today we can take a moment and we can look at this song. It's a, it's a blessing that, that is a part of, of, of our DNA. How can we come to the church? It's, it's a blessing that is a part of us. And, and so I think it's important that we understand why. You know, I've done a service before, we just did a why service. So all throughout the service, we just paused and said, why? Why do we worship? Why do we take up an offering? Why do we pray? Why do we lay hands? Why do we preach? You know, all those things. Why do we baptize? You know, I think there's so many things we take for granted, in, whether it's in our liturgy or we're, we're Pentecostal, so we don't have liturgy, but in, in what we normally do versus, you know, we miss some of the meaning behind that. And so this morning, I really want to dig in to this lesson. I want to look at the blessing and the context of the blessing and see how this, this is for you and I today. So we can see how this blessing applies. We can see why Pastor every, every Sunday concludes the service with this blessing. So I'm going to pray, God, I thank you for this moment. And I thank you for your word in this moment. And I thank you that we can dig in and look at your word. And God, I pray for your anointing. To, to continue in this place. For each one in this room, God, that we would have ears to hear something from you. I believe, God, there's a word you have for each one of us, and I pray, God, that we can grab a hold of that word that you have for me today. As a pastor, I submit myself to you, God. I ask that your will would be accomplished, and that no part of me would come through except for what you desire in these next few moments. That your, your Holy Spirit would speak direct, directly to our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Numbers chapter 6, verses 23 through 27. Then Moses, then the Lord, sorry, says to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say that. And this might go to me, but you might have thought that I was creating and made this blessing us, but I didn't. So anyway, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord, the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace, so that they will put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. This blessing comes apart, it comes to us in Scripture. The interesting thing, it, it, it fits with where we were last week. So if you missed the sermon last week on the tabernacle, this kind of falls in line. Um, the reality is, this is God speaking to Moses. God's already given him the directions for the tabernacle. If you look at the beginning of Numbers, God is now talking about the priests and the Levites and, and their responsibilities. Because remember the, that when God gave Moses the tabernacle, it was temporary. And they were going to have to pick it up and move it. And so when they picked it up and moved it, he was saying there were certain clans of priests that were responsible for certain parts of the tabernacle. 
There were certain wives that had to be responsible for poles and tents, so if they forgot them in the last they had to send them back to the island. But that was really what God's doing in the beginning of Numbers. He's, he's still building on restoring. He's still building on putting things back into place. And so as he's done that, at the beginning of the chapter, he starts talking about Nazarites, but, but the end, all of a sudden, God speaks to Moses, and he says, Moses, I need you to say this to Aaron. Tell Aaron and his son, when you bless people, this is what you're supposed to say. This is the blessing that I desire. God, God wrote this blessing. Has to be right this blessing. Moses didn't write this blessing. Aaron didn't write this blessing. This was inspired by God. He gave Aaron or Moses these words to communicate for his blessing. This is the way God desired in, in this moment his blessing to be communicated to his people. It came from God to his people. The interesting thing, Numbers chapter 7, if you go to the next chapter, they then began to build a tabernacle. So it's all in the same time frame. We talked about the tabernacle in the presence of God. But before we got this built, he said, I want you to speak this to my people. Why this moment? Why now? Because I think this morning, as we look at the Word of God, we're going to see something uh, pretty intriguing. I found a uh, Hebrew to English, an amplified Hebrew to English translation of, of this prayer. So let's be the Lord bless you. This is the Hebrew translation. May Yahweh, he who exists, as I am, just in case you're wondering, kneel before you, making himself available to you as your heavenly Father, so he can bestow on you his promises and gifts. Now listen to that. God bless you. When, when we say, when the priest is speaking, or when you hear, may the Lord bless you, may God bestow on you his promises and gifts. Now I want to be there. And keep you. The Amplified says, and guard you with an edge of thorny protection that will prevent Satan and all your enemies from harming you. May he protect you, your body, your soul, your mind, your spirit, your loved ones, and all your possessions. The word that we see translated keep literally was used in the context of shepherds with their flocks. And when their flocks would be out and they would stop for the night, there would be predators that could literally attack. You know, we, they could attack the sheep. And so what the shepherd would do was grab thorny bushes and he'd build a, a wall around his sheep to protect them from the predators. You know, we hear keep and we think, man, I'm just going to put it in my back pocket and never do anything with it. The reality of keep in this setting is that God would be that do you want to get churchy for a second? We wonder where it comes from. Edge of protection around you. That God will literally, we're, we're speaking the blessing of God, may He bestow His gifts and promises on you, but also may God literally protect you from that which wants to devour you. May He build a, a hedge of protection around you. That's what God wanted the, the priest to speak. The Lord. May his face shine upon you. May Yahweh, he who exists, illuminate the wholeness of his being toward you. Continually bringing his order so that you will fulfill your God-given destiny and purpose. You know, we hear, may your face shine upon you and turn his face towards you. We'll talk about that again in a moment. 
But the reality is, these were people that did not see the face of God. And so when I read this, I'm like, man, how does God take his face shine upon you, but you can't see it? What I believe the priest is speaking when he speaks that over the, the people, whether it's his face shining upon you, and we'll get to this in a little bit later in the sermon, or turning his face towards you, is that God would begin to reveal himself to you. When I speak at the end of service and I say, the Lord, make his face shine upon you, may he turn his face towards you. What I'm speaking, the reality of that word is that God would begin to reveal himself even more to you. More than you knew when you came in today. More than you knew before you heard this. That God would begin to reveal himself. He would reveal who he is. He would give you a glimpse of his goodness. He would show you a taste of his glory. That God would begin to reveal himself to you. And be gracious to you. May Yahweh, he who exists, provide you with perfect love and fellowship. Never leave. Giving you sustenance, provision, and friendship. May God be gracious to you. Unmerited faith. Faith that I don't deserve. God begins to reveal that in your life. May God be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance on you. May Yahweh, he who exists, lift up and carry the fullness, his fullness of being toward you. Bringing everything that he has to your aid. Supporting you with his divine grace and his entire being. And then it says, I give you peace. And may Yahweh, he who exists, set in place all that you need to be whole and complete. So you can walk in victory moment by moment. By the power of the Holy Spirit, may He give you supernatural health, peace, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, tranquility, prosperity, perfection, fullness, rest, harmony, as well as, and some would probably need to underline this part, as well as the agitated absence of agitation and discord. Peace, if you'll recall in the Old Testament, the concept of being whole. Shalom in the Old Testament, we talked about God's desire for peace is not just the absence of agitation, but God's desire for peace is something being made whole. The thought, the picture that I get in my mind is a puzzle, that we're not settled until that last piece gets put into the puzzle. And when it's incomplete, there's always something just off with us. God desires for wholeness in your life. We're speaking that blessing of wholeness, that your life would be made whole. What? What a blessing. I mean, it's not like that God wants that to be communicated to his children. Moses, tell my kids this is what I want to know. May the Lord bless you. He gave you gifts and provision. May he keep you, may he protect you. May he be gracious to you, may he experience the fullness of his grace, may he give you his peace. God desires that those truths would be communicated to his children. See, the reality is, with God, the blessing truly is part of his plan. The priests were simply communicating, the priests were simply speaking God's plan over his people. God's plan for his people is to be blessed. 
But that was the ending without scripture. Genesis chapter 1. This is the creation story. What happened in creation? God blessed them. This is what the animals He created animals. And it says, God blessed them. And said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the waters in the sea. Let the birds multiply the earth. He blessed the animals. He blessed Adam and Eve in creation. God blessed them. And said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish, the sea, and the birds of the heaven. And over every living thing that moves on the earth. God blessed the animals in creation. God blessed man in creation. And God blessed the Sabbath in creation. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because he had wanted, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Why would we see three times in creation God's blessing if blessing wasn't a part of God's plan when he created it? Does that make sense? Why would he bless the animals? Why would he bless man? Why would he bless the seventh day? Because God, God's plan, God's purpose, what God created was intended in, in, in blessing. God desires the works of his hands to be blessed. But what happened with his blessing? Disobedience happened, right? God's plan was that his people would be blessed. The people made a choice to eat the fruit. Right? And it affected the blessing in their life. You see, oftentimes we struggle when we read when we read the Old Testament, we read the book of Deuteronomy, it talks about obeying God and we'll be blessed. There's something to position ourselves in the will of God to experience his blessing. That's God's plan for us. And because of disobedience, what happened? The blessing was 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 not robbed, it was messed up. The way man could receive the blessing from God was affected. So then what happens? If you keep reading Genesis, then the whole world falls apart, right? And he sees Noah. And he says, hey, build this boat and get the animals and they go on the boat, the flood, all that stuff. What happens after the flood? I'm telling you, blessing is part of God's plan for his people. Things were messed up, God fixed it. God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, Be fruitful and increase in number, and fill the earth. The fear and dread of you will fall on the beasts of the earth, on all the birds in the sky, on every creature that moves along the ground, and on the fish of the sea. They're given in your hands. Everything that lives and moves about will be uh, food for you, just as I gave you the great plants. Now I give you everything. God's blessing is part of this plan. So as he's restoring things back to what is right, he desires for his people to live in blessing. He communicated to Adam and Eve. Then, then things fell apart. So he communicates to Noah. What happens next? I mean, a lot of genealogy happens. The next thing we see is everybody, my kid messed out or watching on Superbook. They decided they could build a tower to reach God. Disobedience. Build this tower and God scatters the nations and makes them speak different languages. Remember that story? And there's this guy Abraham, God's restoring his promises. You see, what we see in the Old Testament really quickly in the book of Genesis, when we begin to see that throughout scripture, he's got, got a plan. God's got a desire. He's got a plan. 
And sometimes we screw things up, but God continues to try to see his plan come to fruition. It doesn't matter about the fall. It doesn't matter about the power. Now I'm going to talk to Abraham. And I'm going to tell him, I want to bless you. The Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. The blessing. I will make you into a great nation, nation. And I will bless you. And I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed. Blessed. Through you, but then what happens? Suddenly we get to the story that we talked about last week. We, the people of God, are in slavery. Remember Egypt? All that happened? We talked about the, the deliverance and, 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 and the way God brought his people out of Egypt last week. And what we're seeing God doing in the scripture, what we're seeing him doing through the tabernacle, and what we're seeing him doing this week through the blessing, is restoring his plan to his people. You see, they were in a place of slavery that was not God's plan for his people. They were in a place where they weren't experiencing the presence of God. That was not his purpose for his people. So he said to Moses, I need you to build me a tabernacle. I need you to build me this place where I can dwell so my people can be with my presence. So my presence can be with my people. That was God's plan for his people. And this is restoring his plan for his people. He looks at the priests and he says to them, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to remind my people of my plan for them. I want you to speak over them the plan that I have, the desire of mine to bless them and keep them, to give them grace and to show them peace. That's God's desire for his people. He's restoring things to the order which he created them. So when God speaks to the priests, we're speaking over the people, the plan of God for their lives. So why, why today? As we the Old Testament, so why today? We literally this meditation. I mean, we use the story of Jewish tradition, we use it in our tradition. Why? Why not? And as I was researching this first, I came across a pretty compelling study where just, a, just an interesting thought as I was looking through different commentaries, several of them began to mention that it was a mystery to the Jewish people why. You can pull that numbers verse up again. Why? Three different times. We were expressing things to the same person. So where it says down here, you say once, the Lord bless you. You say twice, the Lord make his face shine upon you. We say three times, the Lord turn his face towards you. And they said, why would they say that three times? Like when we're talking about Yahweh, it was the same word, the one who is always, the one who has always exists, I am. Whatever you want to say. Why would they just say one time, the Lord bless you and keep you? Not be the Lord again. Why would they say, may the Lord again? Right? And it, it literally was a mystery to the Jewish people. It didn't fit with their language trends. It didn't fit with, with the way they typically would record things. There was something very curious about the reality of using the Lord three different times in this verse. Well, I talk about God is using this to speak about his plans for his people. I mentioned that I believe that God, when 
he desires to be made right with his people. So how does it apply to me? Because see, we understand today the Trinity of God. That is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We understand today that, that God speaks to us and he reveals himself to us in other ways than just through the God the Father, the, 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 the Jehovah, that potentially the, the Jews would have understood that God has revealed himself to me through his Son, Jesus Christ. So just look at me. This is my supposition. Okay? Just take this for what you will. God the Father. Is this not the role of the Father? To bless you and keep you? Is that not what God the Father desires to do for you? Is He not the one that desires to give you the blessings? Is He not the one that desires to bestow His gifts upon you? How great you who are following give good gifts to your children, how much greater than your Father in heaven gives to you. Isn't that the role of God the Father for us today? And to begin to see the promises, the blessing that God wants to speak over us? Let's keep going. The Lord, that is the Son, the revelation of God, make his face shine on I want to read some verses about that. You can catch up with me now. John chapter 1, verse 14 says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have we've seen as well. See, his face has shot upon us. We begin to see. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of what? Grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received in the place of grace and already given. The law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one, the only Son, who is himself God, is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. You know, you see, I said, I believe that when we start talking about turning his face towards you, making his face shine upon you, that God's talking about revealing himself to you. He revealed himself to us. How? Through his son, Jesus Christ. How do I know what the grace of God is? Only through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The unmerited favor that I receive, that my sins can be forgiven through the death and sacrifice of his, of his son. That's how I know God's grace. That's how I, his grace has been revealed to me. So maybe just maybe when we're speaking this blessing, we're saying, hey, God's plan for you is that you would know his son and experience his grace. May God continue to reveal himself for you. May he turn his face towards you and give you peace. In John chapter 14, this is an amplified version. But the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and act on my behalf. He will teach you all things, and he will help you to remember everything that I told you. Why? Because what does he give you? He gives you peace. Peace I leave you in. And perfect peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, uh, do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. I believe that when we talk, may the Lord make his face shine upon you. 
for me to turn his face towards you and grant you his peace. That's the revelation of the Holy Spirit that he's given to each one of us. Child of God, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit has indwelled you. What does that mean? You have the power of God living inside of you. What does that mean? That there is a peace, there is a wholeness inside of you that is now complete because of who you are in Christ. You yourselves are temples of the Holy Spirit. He says his comforter, his advocate, his counselor, that's how I have peace. That's how I'm made whole. Just maybe we're still speaking. The plan of Maybe, just maybe, this blessing as we communicated is absolutely us continuing to say, hey, things might have got screwed up, but guess what? It's not going to be screwed up. Because Jesus Christ came once and for all. The sacrifice has come. Jesus declared, it is finished. It is accomplished. When, when, he, when he died, when he breathed in life, it is absolutely finished. This blessing is yours. It has been finished through Jesus Christ. Yes, it was incomplete before, but it is now complete in Jesus Christ. So when we speak this blessing, when we speak this blessing, this is your promise from God your Father. I mean, I can worship this thing to God. So I sing to God, the Lord bless you and keep you. Great, thank God bless your sin. I sing to God, the Lord make his face shine. Hey, God, go look in the mirror. How does this become a moment of worship for a child? Because when I'm in this home, this is why this was the tension that I experienced as a pastor. This is the tension that I was going through as, as someone who's really getting into the meaning behind the music. How does this become worship? Like, why don't we have this in our worship and praise in our churches? Because really, I'm just, I'm just declaring the promises of God back to God. No, I'm declaring the promises of God over myself. I'm recognizing what God's word has said, and I praise God because I know that, that this came from Him. These were His words spoken to me. These were His words for my life today. That God said He wants to bless you. That God said He wants to keep you. That God said He wants you to know His grace. That God said He wants you to have peace. And suddenly, as I begin to think about that, and I think about the plan and the purpose of God, you see, blessing was in God's creative nature. God created with the desire to bless. So God created with the desire to bless you. Man. So I think about what God has done. And I receive those blessings that He's spoken to me. Yeah, my life may not be aligned with what the blessings are. Yeah, I may not be living in what I think is peace. Who are those words? Agitation and discord. I'm going to be full of that. Sometimes when I'm sitting in a worship song, I'm praying for myself. You see, the Lord blessed me and kept me. You see, the interesting thing, the interesting context of this passage, the interesting understanding was this was a blessing that was reserved for the priests. It was their role. They were the intercessor between God and man. And so they were the ones. This blessing was reserved for them to speak over the people of God. But the beauty is, this is an 
1 Peter chapter 2, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. But you, you yourselves, let me say you this morning, you are a chosen people. You this morning, you are a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You are God's special possession that you may declare what? The praises of his name who called you out of darkness into wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You see, I want to tell you this morning, child of God, you are a priest of the Most High. And so as we sing this song, I believe the same role the priest in speaking this blessing over the people is the same role that you take this morning when we sing that song. You're speaking that blessing over yourself, and you're speaking that blessing over your loved ones. You're speaking that blessing over your life, Joe. You're speaking that blessing over your children. You're speaking that blessing over your friends. You're speaking that blessing over the people in this room. You don't like. You see, this whole room becomes filled with the with the with the declaration of God's plan and purpose. And his his blessings come. Protect the letters to make sure I got everything else. This morning I want us to conclude service with this blessing. You know, sometimes there's routine and ritual. You might think that every Sunday when I when I say the blessing, it's just something of heaven. Now, I believe when I'm speaking the plan of God for the life. There's power when we start talking the plan of God. He says, whatever you ask for, that's in my will, right? That's God's plan. That's God's blessing. You know, this morning, when, when we say this blessing, Think about the, the parts. Think about the moments. Think about the gifts. Think about the provision. Think about the peace. Think about the protection that God desires for you to be living in. Think about the reality of what God wants for you. And don't let it fall. And don't let the tower. And don't let slavery or bondage keep you from what God desires for you. Because see, that was all accomplished through Jesus Christ. Yes, disobedience separates us from the blessing, right? That's what we call sin. We've all done it. We've all screwed up and fallen short of the plan of God. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. God desires for you to be living in His blessing. God desires for the blessing to be a part of you. God desires for His plan to be made real in your life. Don't let disobedience interfere with the plan of God. And boldly proclaim, speak with the authority of a priest. Speak with the authority of a pastor. The blessings of God that are yours and are your family and are your children and your children. Speak the blessings of God that belong to others in this room that you're not living in. I might preach a little bit. Father, we can feel this morning. And God, before we sing this song, I take captive those arguments and pretensions that set themselves up against the knowledge of God. I take captive 
those lies, that I take captive those things that, that make these words so hard for us to speak. And God, I declare your truth in our lives. God, I declare the promise that we've been made a, a, a chosen people, that you chose us to speak this blessing in authority. That you chose us to declare your plans in our lives, in the lives of those who are around us. And God, I pray in Jesus' name that as we declare these words, we see the fulfillment of your blessing. But I pray for the revelation of Jesus Christ, the revelation of the Father, the revelation of the Holy Spirit in these moments. That you would reveal yourself to us. In Jesus' name, I pray. There was a in this course, I would just open the altars. If you have a need for life today, you say, Pastor, I really want someone to pray with me. I'll be here to pray with you. If you say, Pastor, this all sounds great, but but I know my disobedience has kept me from the presence of God. If you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, please don't leave this moment because God's plan for your life is blessing. Don't miss this moment because God's desire for your life is to recognize the fullness of peace that comes when you understand what Jesus Christ did for you. That being made whole because of what God desires for you. The expression of His grace that comes through Jesus Christ so we can see the fulfillment of His love that is His Father. I'm here to pray. This is, this is a moment of worship. This is a moment of declaration. Let's, let's pray out in God's name.
Be blessed.